What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. Happy Halloween. I started doing this recording. I've been in it for about three minutes talking. I realized I didn't press the record button. <laughs> so so let's, let's, let's see if I can do it better this time. Take two. Um, first of all, what I wanted to do is I wanted to... Uh, um, direct you all to my YouTube site. Uh, it's youtube.com forward slash tan man baseball fan. I guess it's not a site. It's a channel, right? It's youtube.com forward slash tan man baseball fan. Um, I posted a custom that's one of my favorites. Um, I, uh, I post it every October 31st, every Halloween. It's called the Jose Frankenseco. And I think I created this about five years ago, if I remember correctly. And so what I did was I took a 1986 Topps traded Jose Canseco card. I scanned it in. I made him look like Frankenstein. I put lightning up and down uh, his bat. I put the little nub things on both sides of his uh, neck, turned his his skin green, um, replaced the the background blue sky and all that with actually like this uh, you know kind of spooky haunted house and a big spooky moon and some bats and all that sort of thing and so this year um, I actually did a few different things to amp it up number one I introduced a little bit of purple in the background number two I venomized the black portion of the 1986 tops card so what that means is I made like the black top look like it was a like black goo you know kind of coming down the border the white border so that was fun. Uh, the biggest thing that I did this year was I made actually a few parallels, which I haven't done before like this. Um, I made a refractor version, an atomic refractor version, and a cracked ice version. So it was fun to be able to do those. I, uh, I spent a little too long to do these yesterday, but they're done. Like once I'm in on this, I, I just get like really excited and, and uh, you know, I just get obsessed until I can finish it. So I finished it. I posted pictures. I posted videos. Um, you can check them out, youtube.com forward slash tanmanbaseballfan. Uh, on my Twitter, you could go at tanmanbbfan. Um, you know, Facebook, I put them on the groups. I mean, I just, I post this stuff all over the place. I might even put them on my website, tanmanbaseballfan.com. In a blog post at some point, I don't know if I have time. I'm actually doing this podcast in between me waiting for my oldest son to get out of American Ninja Warrior Iron Sports training um, and us going, uh, you know, us going to Home Depot afterwards. So, I'm kind of crunched on time, but I did want to get on here and talk about baseball cards. It's been far too long. It's always too long, I feel like, uh, for me to uh, go between podcasts. So whenever I can, I do. And so I've been thinking about what I wanted to talk about. So the first thing that I want to talk about, the main thing I want to talk about, is uh, it's just kind of reminiscing about uh, some older deals I've done in the past. Um, you know, they're war stories, right? They're war stories for uh, for collectors and pseudo-dealers alike. And so... Um, in telling you what's uh, what I've done and what I've gone through, I I, I hope that there are a few little pieces of uh, things that you could pick up on that will help you. Whether I did something wrong or right, you know, hopefully this will help you uh, down the road. And ultimately, I want this podcast to add value to what you're doing. So I'll uh, I'll spotlight two different deals I've done in the past. The first one was something that was very small, and I don't know if I ever talked about it before. The second one is uh, is very big, and I know I've talked about. It. I think I've actually written about it in my book. Um, but you know, I'll kind of I'll try to tie them in together um, so you can kind of make some sense of where I'm going with all this. So uh, let me tell you about the first one. The first one was um, uh, somebody that was actually in my neighborhood. It was like one of the very first deals I've done for actually purchasing 
like an entire collection. Um, so for me, that was a big deal. It was a big deal because I was uh, I was somebody that you know if I, I tried to go to a baseball card shop on my birthday, for instance, every birthday to to get like a uh, a box of cards, whether that be sixty dollars, seventy five dollars, ninety dollars, it was a tough pill to swallow even though it was my birthday because it's a lot of money especially when it comes to boxes of cards like you only get maybe 20 30 40 dollars back uh on your quote-unquote investment and that means you have to put in the work to actually sell the cards so it's kind of like the eternal letdown for me whenever i get boxes of cards so i never really open them um i always seem to seem to lose but um and that's okay because it's good i'm you know i need to you know, kind of stay on the straight and narrow from a perspective of uh, buying what I actually like instead of just uh, gambling like that. Um, now, if you're into boxes, that's not anything, you know, against you. If you, if you like that and if, if that's your thing, then go for it. But it's not for me. So, um, you know, that gives you a little bit of perspective when I go into a collection and the guy says he wants $300 for it. I almost choked I'm thinking $300. Man, that's a lot of money. Like, what if I can sell these? Because I was doing it to uh, to resell. And so I started thinking, man, what if I only make $200 back? Like that would mean that not only did I lose a hundred dollars, but I spent a lot of time to lose a hundred dollars. And so I was kind of sweating it. And I remember just like going back and forth going like, man, I don't know. Like he do like two fifty, and you know, so he agreed and I felt good about, it, but I still kind of iffy. And so it's funny how uh, my perspective changes after having done this over and over and over again for years now. It's been a while since I picked up a collection, actually. Um, I think it was earlier this year uh, was the last time I picked up one. But, man, I was just like, oh, man, $250. That's still a lot of money. Uh, to give you a little bit of uh, more perspective, I actually just did a deal with somebody um, for, and I'll, I'll talk about this in a later podcast as well, um, which was fun. It was like a probably close to $5,000 deal, which was a trade. And it didn't really feel like a whole lot of money. And maybe that's because no money, uh, no cash was exchanged. It was, uh, it was all, it was all cardboard. So that makes it a lot easier, I guess. But, um, but nowadays, like, you know, you think of a $250 deal, it doesn't really seem like much, um, like that big of a deal, but that's because I've been doing this over and over and over again. And, uh, I remember doing a lot of deals in the past as well. You know, something's like a $50, for a deal, a lot of cards or seventy-five dollar deal. Um, I always had these kind of butterflies in my stomach, going, "Oh man, what if I can't make you know my money back or whatever?" Um, so you know, times definitely change. I certainly go go after bigger uh, deals now, but you know, it's kind of kind of fun to see um, and, and really kind of talk about this on the podcast here for people that are just maybe getting started in buying collections to think, you know, listen as long as your numbers check out, it's okay. And, and as long as it doesn't put you in a financial bind, it's okay. And plus you've got to cut your teeth on something. You've got to start some, uh, somewhere and, uh, you know, you've got to gain experience. Now the, the best way in my opinion to gain experience is to start on these smaller things that are $75, $100, $200, $300. If that's what you're wanting to do. Um, now if you do want to do this, then, um, you know, definitely start looking at, at collections and, um, you know, don't get too terribly emotionally attached or anything like that, um, because that's kind of like the uh, the enemy of making money in this. If you're trying to make money in buying and selling collections, um, which you know, for me, like the sweet spot is finding a collection that um, I feel is undervalued, that I can sell for profit, and I can keep some cards that I love. 
So, um, you know, that's what I try to do. But it doesn't happen all the time. Most of the time, uh, when I get into a collection, I have a blast either way going through them. It's not just a business thing. I love going through cards. But eventually, a lot of them just end up being sold or traded away. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a kind of a fun thing to reminisce and look back on. So I, I'll tell you a little bit about the collection from what I remember. Now, keep in mind, there have been, oh, dozens and dozens and dozens of deals uh, since then that I've, that I've done. As far as collections go, dealer buyouts at card shows and everything. So it's been a while, but I do remember he had like some some vintage football and baseball, nothing crazy, you know, nothing, nothing really big, probably some, uh, VG EX stuff and, uh, of semi stars and some stars from the seventies or maybe sixties. Um, you know, I'm sure there was some junk wax stuff in there as well. And, and some game used cards and autographs, you know, a lot of it was like low dollar, but ultimately, if I remember correctly, I probably would have to check my blog because I'm sure I wrote about it back then. Um, when it happened, which might have been, gosh, <laughs> I don't know, might have been like uh, 12 years ago or something. So, which is actually another interesting question. I wonder how long my blog has been running for. But anyway, so um, I did end up making money, but I think what I did was I actually packaged it with some other collections that I purchased down the road too. So that's one thing that was pretty interesting is, is I feel like, I don't know if you will ever get into this rut, but like for me personally, I feel like I compartmentalize uh uh, purchases that I make. So if I have collection A that I, that I bought and then collection B uh, that I bought, I try to, you know, sometimes I tend to uh, want to sell collection A by itself or just as singles or collection B is itself or just as singles. Um, but I learned early on that sometimes there's some power in packaging things. So that collection, for instance, had a bunch of vintage. The next collection I bought, you know, I think had some vintage also. So it made sense to combine the vintage and sell it as one lot. So that's another thing about me, guys, is like I really don't put a whole lot of stuff on eBay um, as far as singles go. Like you'll have, like I got some buddies that they put, you know, thousands of cards on eBay, like singles, thousands. That's what they do. They list, they list, they list, whether the card is a dollar or $5 or $10. And it's just not me. Like if I have a massive thing and I'm feeling it, like, I'll, I'll try to, you know, I'll, I'll consider posting singles on, on eBay, but most of the time I don't. Um, when I sell my massive Conseco collection, I decided that everything that was $10 and below or $20 and below, I don't remember which one, or I'm sorry, 10 or 20 and above rather, I would list on eBay. If it was, if it was lower then you know, forget it. it's not worth it kind of thing. Do not want to spend my days, uh, packaging and shipping out, uh, or listing, you know, dollar cards or $2 cards. It's just not what I do. I'm more about speed, like about moving cards. So sometimes what that means is if you have a $500 collection and uh, where you have 90% of it is like $5 and lower, I'll probably break that up into lots or sell it as one lot um, and, you know, not make as, is not squeeze every penny that I can out of it, which is okay because a lot of times, these cards I sell in that way uh, are going to go to dealers. Um, so you got to know your audience. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with them being able to make money uh, off of the cards I sell, which that often happens, like all the time. And that's good, though, because what that means is I'm trading uh, you know, money for my time. So that way I can have more, more time to myself instead, uh, doing whatever else I wanted. 
Um, now, when it comes to bigger cards, though, yeah, I'll post them on eBay or I'll shop them around personally and, you know, that sort of thing. But when it comes to smaller cards, not really. I'll group them a lot. So, uh, that first collection, the small one, um, I did I did pretty well with it. Um, and like I said, I grouped with some other collections as well that I purchased. And there's a, there's a certain synergy that happens when you can have, uh, you know, one little lot of vintage over here another lot, uh, lot of vintage from another collection and maybe from another place and put them all together and have like a lot of vintage and sell it that way. Um, there's, there's some power in that. So that's why I try to do same thing with like game use cards. If, uh, one collection had 20 of them, another collection had 50 and another collection had 30. Well, guess what? You all of a sudden have a hundred game use autograph cards that you can sell. Um, and you know, so sometimes that works really well. Sometimes it's best to split those up even further too. Uh, so anyways, fast forward a few years down the road after this, I, I you know, just got that first one under my belt, $250, sweating it out, excited um, when I made the actual money back and everything and, and made a little bit of profit. Um, I found out this guy had a collection and this is a big one, guys, like by the way, this is probably uh, the biggest single deal that I did that required me actually getting the cards. Um, all in one shot, if that makes sense. So it was a guy that lived probably about 45 minutes or an hour away. And I feel like I found him on Craigslist. There's just not a whole lot going on, on Craigslist anymore. Um, but years and years and years ago, that's, you know, I, I would run into things every now and then. So um, I look at this guy's, uh, this ad, if I remember correctly, and he said he's got like a million cards or something. Okay, well, I'm, I'm talking to him. He said, yeah, it's uh it's going to be $1,500. I go, okay, well, let's, I mean, million cards, that's a, that's a lot. If it's a million 1988 Donruss, I'm going to pass. If it's a million 89 score, going to pass. If it's um, a million, you know, 89 tops, I'm going to pass. But um, he said it wasn't. So I decided to take the trip over there. And I actually wrote about this because I remember taking pictures too. It's kind of a fun thing. So I drive down there and first of all, guys, like, I was close to just driving away. Um, the house across the street was burned down to the ground. Uh, the house that I was going to was like the roof was caving in, it looked like. And it just looked like it was a really rundown uh, area. And I go, huh, I'm not sure if there's a million cards in something like this here, you know? So, uh, but you know, I was like, well, hey, listen, I drove 45 minutes our way. Let me check this out. So, go to the door, knock on the door. An older gentleman opens up and he goes, "Hey, come on in." And he, and he starts talking. He says, "You know, listen, I've got to, I've got to get out of here. This this house is dilapidated. The landlord is not doing anything about it. The roof is caving in. It's just dangerous. And I don't have any means to uh, get these cards out myself." You know, oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense now. So, I'm looking around, guys, and. You know, well, first of all, let me tell you about him. So he used to list his cards on Beckett and every card that he had was in order, which is crazy. And so, uh, virtually every card that is. So he takes me through the living room and, and he's, he's, uh, basically bringing me to a room on the left and I start, start glancing around in the living room thinking, holy cow, he's got monster boxes like you know, by his television and all over in his living room. I said, this is interesting. So he takes me into this other room and the room has like these, uh, these cabinets or these, um, uh, I don't know what you, what you call them. They're, uh, 
you know, just basically just rows and rows and rows stacked floor to ceiling of monster boxes. Every card is in order. So you have like one box that says like maybe uh, 1995 Pinnacle and sure enough, boom, from one to whatever. And then you have some like 2003 SP Authentic in another box, one to 300 or whatever it is. And there are doubles and then there are triples and sometimes there's quadruples and there are good cards in there there are common cards in there and I'm just thinking oh my gosh this is amazing like there's a lot of cards in here and so he's he pulls out like a ton of game used autograph cards as well and I mean there's nothing like high high dollar like there's no thousand dollar cards in her or anything like that but there is a lot of cardboard and it's not junk wax and so I was pretty excited about that I was thinking man fifteen hundred dollars yeah, if, if there's a million cards like this, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this thing. Um, I don't care how, how many trips it's going to take. So he brings me into his bedroom, uh, the next room over, and sure enough, his nightstand is baseball cards. It's boxes and boxes and boxes of monster boxes. And, uh, you know, there's a few other things like by his bed that they're just floor to ceiling. And then you go into uh, to the hallway, there's more boxes of cards. And then in the kitchen... You go in there where the uh, refrigerator is supposed to be, that cubby area that a refrigerator normally sits. There's boxes of baseball cards there. <laughs> and uh, under the kitchen table, on the kitchen table, like the house was literally a house of cards. He takes me out to the uh, carport underneath. Underneath the tarp, more baseball cards. There are boxes and boxes and boxes of cards all over the place. And I was thinking, oh man. And so, like okay once this guy tops stops talking i'm going to say deal here's the money let's start bringing these puppies into my car and we're going to go and so uh he brings me again into the living room and you know again he shows me like in the curio cabinet there's even boxes of cards in there behind the recliner there's boxes of cards and i was just like super excited at this point and so um we go back to the original room that we were in to start with and i said well listen everything looks good I will take him. He goes, well, we didn't talk money yet. I go, whoa, <laughs> what? We were on the phone and you said it was $1,500 for, for your entire collection. He goes, no, no, I wasn't saying that for all my collection. I, w I wouldn't sell all this for 1500 Man, are you kidding? I was like, oh, no. And my heart just sank. I was like, why would he say that? Because he did say that on the phone. Like, I It was like literally a couple hours prior that he said... $1,500 cash would take everything that he has. <laughs> I go, well, how much do you want? And uh, he said, I would need, and he's like hemming and hawing. He goes, I would need at least $3,000 for everything. I go, oh man, twice as much? But guess what, guys? I brought extra money with me just in case uh, something was pulled like this. So I said, you know what? You got a deal. So I gave him the three grand. And it took, I don't know if it was like four or five trips, uh, but it took a long, long, long time uh, to keep loading up everything in, in my minivan. I call it the cardboard mobile. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what, every, you know it's a good haul when you've got to check the clearance in your wheel wells. And uh, so I have to, so this was a good haul. And so I had to do this over and over and over again and uh, it was a lot of work, took a lot of sweat, 
and a lot of prayers I was going to be able to make it home and back and everything. But I did it, and it was awesome. And I remember, I've got a picture of Vaticus, like when he was uh, much smaller, like in my garage. It was packed with cardboard. And um, I've seen some people actually use some some pictures I've used <laughs> on their advertisements. But um, anyways, where Atticus is like not as tall as the boxes. And so I remember um, just going out there, like I never was able to go, go see everything. Like I, there just wasn't enough time in the day or time in my life to be able to do this. But um, it was so fun to be able to go out there and pop off the lid of, of a monster box and just to see what there was. It was so enjoyable. I just really, really loved that. And uh, so eventually I, I ended up selling out everything um, because guess what? You know, <laughs> I have a wife and uh, Holly does not appreciate a garage being full of uh, baseball cards for years and years. So um, I only had them for like maybe a month or two or something like that, if I remember correctly. Um, it was great. It was one of the funnest uh uh, deals I ever did and I remember just uh, you know pulling like a dig dug you know where where you, you think of this like cube this like I don't know 15 by 15 by 7 foot cube of monster boxes where I pull out um, some boxes put them behind me and you know so that way I can go in the middle and see what else is there and it was just so fun and it's funny because like had I not done those little tiny deals at the beginning, I would have never felt comfortable enough uh, or had the knowledge rather even to, uh, you know, to go into something big like this. And so I think Mark Cuban says you got to crawl before you ball. Um, and uh, man, it's true. It's true. You got to start off small and, uh, and really learn the ropes, you know, and so that's kind of what I did. And it was fun. It was so fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and so, you know, in between there are all kinds of other different deals I've done. Um, gosh, I sure hope I've got a bunch of deals left in me, you know, down the road as well, because it's, it's a blast. Like it's part of, it's some of the most fun that I've ever had in this hobby is just being able to buy a collection, just dig in and see what's there and, and explore and enjoy and research. And eventually most of the stuff sells and it's almost kind of like a different hobby entirely from me, uh, you know, investing in vintage or collecting Conseco. Um, there's so many different facets in this hobby that makes it so exciting. Like, I can get obviously super excited over, you know, like a, a Babe Ruth or a Sheilas Joe Jackson or a Ty Cobb or an Honest Wagner or a Walter Johnson, Christy Mathewson, um, or even King Kelly, Cap Anson, John Ward. Like, I can I can get super excited over those, over those things, obviously. I can also get really excited over, like, really rare Jose Canseco cards, as you know. Um, guess what else I can get excited over? I can get excited over uh, boxes and boxes of junk wax cards or shiny 90s cards. And uh, there's just so many different ways to plug into this hobby um, that makes it so fun. And I am so thankful that we have this. And so, of course, you know, this is kind of my warning that I give to everybody. Um, just be careful, you know, don't overindulge where it Put you in a bind. You definitely don't want to do that. Um, you know, so make sure you keep it in the enjoyable zone. Um, you know, don't go over beyond your comfort zone as far as uh, finances go. Obviously, that's not a good way to go. So I'm not. So what I'm telling you basically is, don't go out there and say, "Man, that sounds like a that Tanner had a blast." I'm going to go out and get a three thousand dollar collection now to to resell. 
don't do it unless you know what you're doing. <laughs> you know, don't do it. Uh, if you do know what you're doing, more power to you. Go for it. You know, have a fantastic time. Learn about it. But if you don't know it, then start small. You know, start looking at collections that are smaller, like $50 collections, $100 collections. Learn. Crawl before you ball, you know, as, as Mark Cuban says. So do that and have fun. Have a great time in this hobby. Um, there's so many different ways you can plug in. So, um, so yeah, that's my Halloween story. It's not really too terribly spooky, I guess. It's uh, it's just fun. It's just uh, it's fun. Like I said, it's war stories for me. It's be, uh, being able to recall um, the times I actually went in there and, and got some collections. And um, you know, so like I said, I, I do hope that there's some information in there that is going to prove to be valuable to you in some way, shape, or form. I don't really know how, but um, but hopefully something clicks with you. So. Hope you guys have a fantastic time, a fantastic Halloween um, with your friends and family. And until next time, this is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com.